Uh, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting question. Hmm. Um, I, I'm shocked though, because it was such a big deal in like the '90s, the early 2000s, that like it didn't infiltrate like your traditions, this purity culture thing. Like that's that's very uh, interesting to me because I thought it was just a Christendom well, thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so you know, on one side, growing up, I, I did not grow up in a I, I, I'll put it like this. I grew up in a moderately conservative church. It was not, it was, it was, it's not the, the LCMS, um, which okay. is the, the conservative, if you will, by a, a, a conservative branch of Lutheranism. And so, whereas we held the, you know, Bible and, somewhat of esteem a group in the elca that's to, to clarify that um the talking about sex was never a, a really a, a big thing it was in fact the conversation that i had with with my pastor at the time he's like well we'll talk about those things but that's usually left to the household uh, which i mean isn't bad but it's also the bible speaks about this so it should come up in sermons it should come up you know Correct. in in teaching and but yeah but where where and in listening to or thinking reflecting on that that question and the, the things that you described i do remember in high school um i i went i was part of fca fellowship oh, christian yeah. athletes mm -hmm. and that was one thing and I, and I thought it was so strange because i'd never heard anything like this before but they they made you um sign like like they, they kind of presented this this thing of like you know you're not gonna have you're not gonna have sex till you're married and then they made you sign a little card and like you were supposed to keep that card and i just like i i walked around for several days with that card going what does this mean because it's like you know do i do i want to commit to this or not and it was part of that again comes from not really having the, the biblical sure. understanding and expectation of it sure. from, and then also it, 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 it you know, wrestling because it was high school. Yeah. And it was like, what, you know, what, what I was afraid of wasn't so much that I thought waiting until marriage was a bad idea or anything like that. But I thought, what if I fail? Yes. I signed my name to this card and I Correct. fail. Correct. What happens and then? Yeah, if if you can't tell, we're talking about the purity culture and that has existed in churches and and burnt a lot of people. And I think there's why yeah. I think there's a there's that's a big reason why there's a lot of deconstructionism that's going around, mm -hmm. specifically around evangelical churches. But a lot of it, I think, has to do, and maybe this is the foundation that we can lay, is the fact that sex is such a taboo word. Mm -hmm. Even in teaching my men's Bible study, there is an awkwardness when I say the word sex. And I don't know, and maybe this is something that is going to get fleshed out on this episode tonight, but I think there's a clear distinction between the way that we were both raised. Like, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, the way that you kind of described that card and 
Like that was my entire upbringing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Which, which, like, we would go to camp every summer, and you knew that, like, Wednesday, like, the I, I don't know if there's like a universal camp speaking schedule <laughs> or what, but it was like there was always the sex talk one of the nights and keeping yourself pure, and like I get that and I understand yeah. that scripturally, and I do. I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but maybe the way that it was gone about yeah. was incorrect because all it did was, like you said, it placed pressure on teenagers whose hormones are raging and literally they are thinking about sex constantly and yeah. you're telling them, don't, 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 don't. And we naturally have a rebellious spirit within <laughs> yeah. us. And when you're told not to do something, that thing becomes almost precious in a way to you in order to yeah. obtain, right? I, there's a quote somewhere that. Uh, well, oh, I mean, that's, that, that's, it, that's Mark, Tolkien. Well, no, it, it's it's Mark Twain, and it's uh, <laughs> at the beginning of Ken Burns' Prohibition um, documentary. He says, um, he says the prohibition of any one thing makes it that much more precious. Yeah, or something to that effect, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it it's true. So I mean. Tonight it may get uncomfortable and it may be awkward, but like we got to talk about purity and we got to talk about mm. sex because the Bible talks about sex. I mean, I don't know how you read Song of Solomon, but it's a <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, yeah. I I don't like necessarily thinking about the Song of Solomon as a relationship between Jesus and the church because that's, I mean, there's 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 truth to that, but there's mm. also some very graphic language between a man. And a woman. And so we're going to talk about sex tonight, and that's going to be fun. But it's going to be based upon a question. So, I mean, without – should we delay any further? Or no. Are you ready to go? Let's let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Chaps Pod. We have another episode tonight, kind of like the one that you listened to on the defense and entering the military as Christians. This one is a deep one and a heavy one that's going to create, I'm sure, some hopefully conversation, not necessarily division. Uh, But we're going to talk about the purity culture. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off right now. So there will be talk about sex. There will be talk about the purity culture. And... It's based upon a question that we received a while ago on Uncultured Dad. Coleman and I both write for Uncultured Dad, so make sure you check out that website for a bunch of Christian blogs and resources. But this question is very important because, I mean, even as chaplains, we I mean, we have soldiers that are dealing with <laughs> these types of things as well. So uh, if sex makes you uncomfortable, sorry, but... Uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. Here's the question. I just want to throw it out there. Let's rip the Band-Aid off because as, you know, you growing up in the Lutheran tradition, you kind of revealed to me this really wasn't something that you dealt with, and I feel like it was something that I was inundated with consistently uh, throughout my upbringing. So here's the question. It says, uh, what is purity? As parents who grew up during the height of purity culture— what does purity mean? Is it more than just not having sex? What's the influence of modesty? And how does this look different teaching our boys and teaching our girls? So the difference between teaching our boys and girls about purity 
and modesty and all of those different things. Um, growing up in the Lutheran tradition, this wasn't that big of a deal. So, uh, not yeah, that it's not a least, big deal, but it wasn't like harped upon. Yeah, no, not um, especially in and like I told you, you know, I grew up in a a more progressive, um, liberal, if you want to use those words, Lutheran church. What is what is the ELCA today? Which, uh, if you don't know what that is, you can go check it out. But just be. Careful. Leery of, of what you would what you would see. They're the ones with the Sparkle the, Creed. Let's exactly. just be honest. Yeah, yeah, They're the okay. ones that have the Sparkle I, Creed. If yeah, you don't know what that is, is. I would advise not googling <laughs> it. But you but, could, and yeah. that is not who Coleman is, by the way. <laughs> Correct. And so, so that's you know, so and that's actually a good example because that's the the fruit of kind of the wishy washy or in decisiveness or at least not addressing it uh, of, of sexuality that was going on back then. Right. That's why it just That's wasn't fair. that why, yeah. why it was never really brought up. Um, so yeah, when I growing up this, this purity culture, I, I guess I did see it, but I, it was not, I was not inundated like you were. I, there were things that I was challenged on, um, and I was mentioned to you, you know, before we started with, uh, and I don't remember the title for it, but it was this card, of, like a purity card mm -hmm. of, you know, signing and saying, I, I'm not going to have uh, sex before marriage. And I do remember also, I, cause I dated a, I dated a Baptist once. Um, Good luck. <laughs> and Sorry. I, I, that was yeah. not a lie. Well, no, and it, that was a very generalized good luck. And it was, and it was, we went to this like, um, retreat camp. It wasn't a camp. It was a, it was just like an overnight thing. I can and imagine it was, exactly what happened at that too. Was it, it with yeah. her church? Yes. I can tell you exactly what happened. Was it during the winter yeah. or the summer? Was uh, it a skiing trip? No, no, no. A no snowboarding no, trip? No, this was, this was just like, uh, it was just like an overnight at the church. It was kind of like a lock-in, but it was more... Oh, at the church. Okay. More, yeah, yeah. So um, there wasn't like a was, service or anything? I, at the end of it, there was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but... Probably a ton yeah, of was, emotional manipulation, because that's what ruled yes. youth groups so, in Baptist churches in so, during the so, height of this. So that's what that's what it was. And that, that's yep. the one thing that I do remember from this, um, is it was yeah. a true love waits thing, is what oh. it was called. Um, so... <laughs> You're you're slapping your your head like that. Like I'm, I don't know if it's like PTSD flashbacks uh, or what. Okay, but yeah, yeah just continue yeah. because and I so, literally, as a high schooler, had a promise ring, a yeah. purity ring that said okay. "True Love Waits" on it. Yeah. So, uh, so it, and the dumb. thing, and, and there was bless. this, there was this, I, and I get what the I get what the the leaders were going after, um, but it was it was this sense of fear that was placed upon you about it and yes. uh the the illustration that they used was uh they, they took uh two pieces of tape and i think they like it started out kind of like as a joke like they put it on somebody and they were like okay rip it off and it was you know it was it, that was kind of the the, the lead-in part of like okay let's you know 
put on somebody Harry and rip it off and stuff. And then, and then they were like, okay, now try to put the two pieces of tape together. Okay. It's not sticking as well. Now, if you do it's it again a... and there's more hair and it won't stick together at all. And eventually it was like, they aren't going to stick whatsoever. That's what and they having, likened that having to... sex before marriage was. And it was like, and I didn't get it. I mean, I, what, what, what kind of appalled me was just like, why, why does that become such an important thing? Like, why does that need to be the front and center? Now, I, I, as, I also... as if, as if your virginity card were your ticket into heaven. Right. Yes. And yeah, hundred percent. And oh man, it's good. <laughs> this is going to go off the rails really quick because that's here's the way that I'm going to sum up the purity culture. Very much on the law had no room for grace whatsoever, mm-hmm. and what that created in a bunch of people is a legalism that said if you have defiled yourself, you are no longer good enough for the grace of God. Yeah. And that is as far from biblical teaching as you can get. The basic idea of the purity culture is a good idea, and we would argue scriptural. There is one man and one woman, and they should be enjoying sex intimately together, not sharing it with anybody. Like... That is scriptural. There is a faithfulness that exists within the marriage covenant, 100%. But, but, and I shared that clip of Matt Chandler and Who mm-hmm. Wants the Rose, right? Like, that's a very impactful, but it's the same thing that you just described with the yeah. tape, mm-hmm. right? There yeah. was no room in the purity culture for grace yeah. at all. And, I like I don't want to overgeneralize but having grown up in this and I don't think I'm misremembering it very well it was almost like if you have had sex before marriage then you aren't even worthy of the grace right yeah which which okay let me just speak from a male's perspective on that right because I've heard this countless times even at the Look, my tradition is is a a a Baptist tradition, independent fundamental Baptist, which get a horrible bastardization at this point because of just lunatics on the internet right now. But what that created for men specifically was, again, no grace. But even to the point where I heard people say, "I, my future spouse, if she's not a virgin, then she's not worthy of me." Yes. Yes. And like these are these are students at a Bible college saying this and I'm sitting here thinking well that ain't right. Yeah. That's a problem because what purity culture created was a bunch of legalists that didn't know how to read the Bible correctly. Mm-hmm. And it has created a generation of people now that as I said to start, like are kind of deconstructing their faith because of the trauma that was inflicted. Yeah, it was a uh, right idea, horrific execution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, and this tied similarly, but it, it, from a different way. That was really what drew me into the LCMS 
later is there was a uh, there's a, a presentation it's out there on the internet somewhere I'm sure if you could find it um, and it's called the gospel for those broken by the church and it's by a Dr. Rod Rosenblatt and he, he it's a presentation that he gives and he talks about those who've been hurt by the church not just purity culture wise but just all, all over being burned and it has to do with legalism and he comes back and he says that's not what the bible is about that's not what the gospel is about and in fact the gospel is for everyone who is broken um you the uh and so realizing that if and that why that was impactful for me was it's like yes i i, I haven't lived my life properly and and more than that I don't live up to these other people's expectations Yes, in a lot of ways. And this is, um, and it, I mean, there, there were things like, we'll go, you know, I used to smoke and I used to uh, dip and stuff. And so like, that was like frowned upon. And it was mm -hmm. just like, it was part of the being in the army. And so it was these, these expectations of, you know, the, the, well, purity, not in a, in a sexual sense, but then in, in all these facets Correct. of life. Correct. And, and, and again, yes, God does call us to holiness and we are to strive for that. But the emphasis becomes in those cases, if you're not perfect, you're not worthy. Whereas yes. God says, my son is perfect and he makes you worthy. And, and, and that's, that's it. And so that presentation, um, really, and it was the first time, and we've talked about this, this, it will be linked in the description to the show, by the way, because yeah. I found it. So it okay. will be linked to this, the description in the show and everybody should watch it because like you said, and just what the title is like, the gospel is for the broken. Yeah. Because yeah. there is no one who is whole. Right. We are all broken by sin. And the last yeah. time I checked, there is no degree to which brokenness occurs. It's yeah. you're broken or you're not. Right. And that's where I think purity culture got it wrong. And that's kind of like <laughs> the big and I want to start with this first part of this question is, you know, what is purity? What does purity mean, right? Well, yes, there is a sexual purity, but there is also a doctrinal purity there's also a a lack of I, I hate i don't even know which the proper way to say this but like a lack of sin right purity right it's the command to be holy because the lord your god is holy mm -hmm. and where purity culture went wrong is we can white knuckle our way into purity mm -hmm. we can yeah. You know, uh, in a sense, crucify passions to the point where we can make ourselves perfect. Yeah. And it missed the entirety of the gospel. Yeah. And if you think about the biblical witness, the gospels themselves, and what Jesus is doing, 
with the Pharisees, um, it wasn't it, it wasn't because Jesus wasn't really upset with them because they were doing all these things. Correct. He was mad at them because they didn't have faith. They didn't they didn't believe who he was. Correct. They didn't believe what God had said. They said they thought they had to come up with something more Correct. and add on to it and literally make themselves purer mm -hmm. than everyone else around them. And and so that's why Jesus blasts them on so many things. It is, you know, you're missing the whole point. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd say that also, obviously, it's going to be the, the, the paradigmatic or example for like countering purity culture, but you can also look in church history where monks, it was okay. You, the, the thing to do was become a monk because then you would become more pure because you were separated from the world and, you know, you were thought to be more holy in that, or, you know, down, down the line farther in, in our, our own Protestant uh, denominations of the, you know, uh, completely pulling away from the world itself to to be a a, a pure, you know, uh, the Amish and the Mennonites and that type of thinking come to mind. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly the same, but it's along those lines that that we're going to set up a standard, and those who don't live by that aren't pure, and you guys, everyone else needs to live by that. And then, just as Jesus said with the Pharisees, you guys, or well, it was actually Peter, um, you know, who said that you guys have taught the law that you yourselves can't keep, or Paul Correct. who says that, you know, uh, and you're, you're putting on these burdens and you, you yourselves don't do it. Um, but also, like, sticking in that vein of the Pharisees, also what it created, which is, I think, Kind of like you were talking about, like that LMC, uh, not LMCS, but the ECLA, like, yeah. and their indecisiveness leading to their essential, like, failure when it comes to sexuality. Mm -hmm. What purity culture also created is this pharisaical whitewashed tombs that now are the generation that are supposed to be leading the church. Yeah. So you have these things that are adorned on the outside and look great, but yet are dead inside in a lot of yeah. ways. Mm -hmm. Because, and I'm going to reference again, and I'll put it in the description, but it's the idea of what Matt Chandler said in that Who Wants the Rose video, right? You've got this rose being passed around, and it's damaged, and like, who wants the rose? It's broken. And this pastor's saying, who would want this now? And... Like, the only answer biblically is that Jesus does want that rose. Yes. Like, quite literally, that is why he came into this world to yes. seek and to save those who are lost, to seek and to save those that are broken. And, and when it came to the purity culture, and, like, to answer the question, purity is not just all about sex, but it is a dimension of it. There is... There is this very real sense that we said, you cannot do this, you cannot do this, you cannot do this. And all that we did was quite literally become Pharisees. 
Yep. And that's what the purity culture was. We forgot about the story of Hosea, where God tells yeah. him to marry a prostitute, where she has one of his kids and then has two illegitimate children and then finds herself whoring herself out in the city. And God says, go to her and get your wife. He didn't say, oh, she's impure, you're gone and done. No, just as Israel has whored itself after other gods, yes, I'm choosing to go and redeem them. Or the woman at the well who had, had four husbands and was living, or six husbands, and was living, living with, with a man seven. who was not her, her husband. <laughs> right. Jesus didn't say, oh, you're impure. I don't want that rose. Yeah. He said, no, I am the living water. Mm-hmm. Drink, and you will never be thirsty again. Yeah. And, or, like, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. And it damaged a lot of people. And, yeah. like, I'm, I'm very much, like, shaking my legs beneath me right now. But growing up in that was not easy yeah. at all. And, like, thankfully, you necessarily didn't have to. You had some experiences with it. But, like, when I tell you that what you witnessed on that lock-in night or that yeah. FCA card that you swore you wouldn't have sex until you were married, it's like that was literally every summer camp. That was yeah. literally every winter retreat. That was literally, like, consistently, like, if you don't have sex before marriage, you get a Boy Scout pin that you can show to St. Peter at the gate. And he's going to be like, oh, you were a virgin till you were married. Congratulations. Welcome to mm-hmm. heaven. Like, it yeah. was like this yeah. complete distortion of the gospel. Well, yeah. And here's – this is just a kind of random insertion to this. But why did they ever have ones about you'll never get divorced? Like camps like that and, and like talking about it, it, it you know, th- things like that. Sign a card that says, you know, th- after you get married, you'll never get divorced because that's that is just as I mean, well, it is. It is. It, it, Jesus equates it with, um, you know, adultery, you know, if you, if you cause someone to divorce and stuff. So that is just as much sin as having sex before marriage. And yeah. Anyway, sorry. It was just a no. I, a, a, a random like we don't, but we don't think about it in 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 those terms. Because, and, but but I think it all stems from a misrepresentation of what sex is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. It, it's not necessarily that the things that they were saying was wrong. Right. Yeah. That two shall become one. Well, you can't do that with a bunch of different people which okay i like i understand all that but there was this kind of teaching in a way and and i love the way that one pastor puts it where he says that you can view sex three ways either as god as gross or as gift mm-hmm. if you view it as god you're basically you know society nowadays that glorifies sex that sex sells they worship at the altar of sex and, I mean, that's no more prevalent than in our society where sexuality is, like, the preeminent marker of somebody. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right? Or you can view it as gross, which is essentially what the purity culture was. Sex is gross. Sex is dishonorable. Sex is 
not something that you do with anybody. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's disturbing, so save it for the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Right? Like, that was the message, right? It's Mm -hmm. gross. It's nasty. So save it for the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Or you can, as I would argue, biblically view sex as a gift. That it is meant for one man and one woman. That it is given by God to for pleasure, for rec- for recreation, right? Be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. But there's also an element of glorifying God mm-hmm. through the marriage covenant, right? And the intimacy mm-hmm. that is built there. I mean, Genesis 2.25 is very clear. Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed mm-hmm. because of the intimacy that existed. And they were commanded, be fruitful and multiply. Like, it was this misrepresentation of sex that led to this damaging message that ultimately was just pure legalism. And you brought this up, and we can dive into this now, because the next question is, like, what's the influence of modesty? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a word created. It wasn't, but like a created by the purity movement, right? Yeah. Modest is hottest was a motto that was said quite often <laughs> in it, when I was like in middle school and high school. But who is that putting the pressure on? Yeah. Well, there's well modesty and modesty is a necessary a term, Correct. and it is and it is and but when. I believe it's Peter that references it this way, um, that women should be. Uh, yeah, First Peter four. Yeah, they should, should be modest, but that yeah. their, but that their appearance is with good works. Yeah, um, I can't. I've got to look it up now. It's First Peter but, four because I just taught it last week. Just, oh, like, well, there you go. Yeah, it's First um, Peter four. And, but that that so that you realize that it's not simply. The outward external appearance, uh, or, or you know, like the physical clothing that they're that the women are wearing, but it's actually that their their lives are well glorifying God. That people that I'm sorry, it's First her, Peter three. Miss, Your adornment must me. not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on garments, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible quality of a lowly and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Yeah. So, you know, that's it. it, And so there is this. uh, While you're looking for that, let me just say, like, this is the problem that comes with the purity culture. And when we talk about modesty, like, Modesty is biblical, and modesty is a good thing. I don't want to get that wrong. But but what ends up happening with the purity culture is if a man is lusting after you, it's because you are being immodest. Right. So it put all the pressure on these poor young girls yeah. that have these creeps looking at them with no self-control. Yeah. Right? And I literally heard someone say, you want to dress that way? Then every man, 12 to 77, is going to be looking at you, right? And it's like, come on for a second. Like, yeah. just stop. Like, yeah. for a minute, can we just relax and go, yeah, you should dress modestly because it is biblical to, you know, be modest. But, fellas, guess what? You're required mm-hmm. as a fruit of the Spirit to have self control. Mm-hmm. So, control the eyes. 
Like lust is your problem. It's not her problem. Yeah. And, you know, I don't see many churches with armless men and uh, men without eyes. Correct. So, and I bring that up because that's what Jesus says. Yeah, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. Yeah. Because it's better to enter eternity with one eye eye than being able to see with both. Correct. Yeah. And, and you know, so these things, it, it, it obviously, Jesus is being hyperbolic in one sense. Like, he doesn't really want you to tear your eye out or cut your arm off. But he does want you to realize how serious this sin is mm-hmm. and and what it will ultimately do to you Correct. if you do not bring it to him. And that and if you let it fester in you, it will destroy you. It will kill you. And he, but, but that was the, not the focus. The focus was not the sin that you are committing, but yeah, they are they, the problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, and it's like. Which sounds very much like another story in the Bible at the very, you know, maybe three pages into it. The woman it, you gave you, me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, God, like it. Yeah. I. I look back now, and I know that this is like I know that I need to extend grace to people, but I I, I think back to some of the people that I heard speak at these camps, and like I just want to time travel and like step up on stage <laughs> and Kanye West them. Like, hold on, yeah. I'm gonna let you finish in a minute, but let me tell you that everything that this Joker is saying is complete trash. Yeah, because. Let me tell you the story of Hosea. Let me tell you the woman at the well. Let me tell you that there's a God that loves you regardless of your brokenness, and he has offered grace to clothe you in his righteousness. Yeah, the woman caught in adultery. For the love of everything that is holy, like, please. Is there no one left to condemn you? Then neither do I. Yes. Go and sin no more. And, (sighs) I mean, and, and... this. The funniest thing to me was the overweight pastors preaching about purity because it's like, oh, you got a <laughs> right. log? Like, should I duck while you're teaching so I don't get hit by the log in your own eye? Yeah. Like, this is – it's comical and we laugh, but truthfully, yeah. like, I hope and I know because God is a righteous judge that those that perpetuated purity culture will be held accountable for the mm-hmm. damage that they did. Yeah. And they should. Well, and and this is it. This gets into it. We've talked about this some in one of our previous episodes, but we talk about so so. First of all, there's always grace. There's always always forgiveness Correct. for anything that for anything for any sin. Really. Anything. Um, and that is, and and to to realize that that's sexual sin. That's not only. A heterosexual sin, but Correct. also homosexual sin, you know, all transgenders, all those things. Digital sexual sin. Dig, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like. Yeah. There is forgiveness for that. Mm-hmm. And the blood of Christ has mm-hmm. paid for all of it. There is nothing outside of it. So, so, but then the question becomes, okay, so why, why is it then good to wait until, wait until marriage to have sex? Why is yeah. it, why is, I mean, why is it good that marriage is man and a woman? Why is it good that we do not uh, 
put ourselves to defile the to, marriage bed, isn't it? What uh, well, Hebrews says? Hebrew says, yeah, yeah, D- and defile the marriage bed by either before marriage or by our own lust, Correct. lustful eyes, and all this. Yeah. So why why is why are those things good? Well, first, God commands it, so it's always going to be good. But second, it is because of the community that's there. In that, you know, why do we why do we want to strive for that purity for the sake of the neighbors uh, around us, um, for the sake of the gospel there, that this is the, because I know we talked about this, the thing that set apart Christians in the early, in the, the thing that set apart the early church, early Christians, like the first 200, 300 years was the sexual ethic that they had. Correct. In recognizing this is a gift from God. Correct. And that women are not objects to be abused mm-hmm. and men are not, uh, you know, just going around s- sowing their wild oats or whatever. Correct. That this is actually a beautiful union that God has created for the mutual companionship and for mm-hmm. the uh, recreation, as you said, uh, and the flourishing of the uh, of life. And so... The reason there are things that we talk about of like this is what we are supposed to uphold as Christians is for the benefit and witness of the community. That does not mean that you you have to be one hundred percent pure because no one is. Yes. And well, I one person I, correction is. one person is, and that community is based around trusting. Him. That one person who was pure. I mean, you need to look no farther than the first three chapters of Revelation to see that sexual ethic and Mm -hmm. the difference in the sexual ethic between that church and the society in the letters that Jesus wrote to the seven churches. I mean, every single one of them societally were dealing with temple prostitutes and Mm -hmm. and and. orgies of a spiritual you know pagan nature right yeah. and their command is to not give into that ethic because yeah. that is not how they were designed or created yeah well and or you go to first corinthians when paul's talking about um sexual relationships and he talks and it's really interesting there if you go back and read through first corinthians 6 and and stuff it almost he almost sounds double tongued as if like if you're married stay married if you're not married don't get married like yeah. there's there's this weird yeah. but it's it's actually a beautiful tension that he sets up of like marriage is a beautiful gift from God and if God has called you into it do it yeah. go into it wholeheartedly and you know give yourself into that but if God hasn't called you into that be that wholeheartedly, you know? And, and so it, it, it's interesting that because it doesn't, it does it sounds like, well, which way are we supposed to go, Paul? And he's like, either God says, yeah, God blesses both. Yeah. Um, but what he does talk about is with sexual sin, the difference is, is that all other sin, he, he talks about all other sins happen like externally. Yes. But sexual sin is sin against your own body, the gift that God yes. has given to you. And so there is a, a warning that comes with it that these types of sin will have a deeper impact than you know, other sins that Correct. are there. Again, 
within the community itself, the relationships that you have. Correct. In in that in that but community. But the error was, yeah, it'll have a greater impact on your soul and your body because you're sinning against your body. The error with the purity culture was, oh man, this is like irredeemable almost. Right. Right. Gotcha. And, and yeah, yeah. that's where the message became so distorted. Mm-hmm. Now there the there were a, a series of books that I read when I was in high school. Um, what they were called, Every Man's Battle. And from what I remember of them, I don't, I haven't read them in decades now, but they were not necessarily perpetuators of the um, blaming the girls, no self control. Like they actually told men, like keep yourself accountable. Right? They talked yep. about. This idea of like reminding yourself to like bounce your eyes, right? Like if you mm-hmm. see an attractive girl, you don't want to lust after her, like bounce your eyes. Like the, the practical advice, like th- that stuff was okay. But then you get into like the the Josh Harris, who's now an avowed atheist. It's just a weird story. Mm-hmm. But he had like the I Kiss Dating Goodbye, published mm-hmm. a book, and then is like married six weeks later. Like it was really <laughs> weird. Uh, but like, maybe not six weeks. That might have been uh, a little slanderous. But it was like very shortly after this, he wrote another book, and I forget what the name of that one was. But it was like, yeah, so I wrote this one, and then as God would have it, this girl came into my life, and then we ended up getting married. But it was just this perpetuation of – I keep going back to like the whole white-knuckling, right, ourselves mm-hmm. into purity. Like yeah. – in, instead of like, and I just wish that like, I could go back and like talk to my high school self a little bit, knowing what I know now, and go, no, there's a greater purpose. Like, mm-hmm. there the the greater purpose is not so that you can say that you were a virgin when you were married. Like that's not the the greatest purpose. But yet that was perpetuated as like the greatest purpose, right? Mm-hmm. That was perpetuated as holiness, and it's like that's not. Like what holiness is is being made holy by the one who is holy. Mm-hmm. That that your greater purpose is to taste and to see that the Lord is good. That your greater purpose is your chief end, which is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Like yeah. if if that could have been perpetuated, then you're like, okay, wait a second. Like there's a different level here. It's not, I can't do this. It's I get to do this. Right. You know, and that's such a, a clear distinction that was never made. It was always, don't do this. Don't have sex and don't hang out with girls that do instead (laughs) of glorify God. Mm -hmm. Not don't do this, but do this instead. Yeah. And, and that, it's traumatic in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, I, I feel good where I'm at now. Like, I don't feel any type of remorse. It just fires me up because I'm like, yeah, it, I, I'm very much a protector of teaching the word of God because I feel like that's mm-hmm. what I'm obviously have been called to for my life. And when I see it being mistaught, as we talked about the protection thing, like I'm ready to like. Paul yeah. and Peter stand toe to toe in Galatia, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm ready <laughs> to be like, no, 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 yeah. no. You're gonna stop for a second, and we're gonna talk about this because you're not gonna mislead people anymore. It's yeah. not allowed. Yeah. The um, I, I really like the way you put it earlier, and, and this is something, and, and I've I, uh, been talking with Rachel about this more in a general sense. <laughs> sex as gift but 
everything in life as gift. Yes. That that until we get that understanding, and, and maybe if we talked about this a little with creator-creature relationship and, yeah. and stuff and recognizing that all come all comes from God. And I mean, every good gift comes down from the Father of Lights. Of course. Or, and so from James. But when you start to see that all the things that are in creation and that God gave us uh, the responsibility to be good stewards of and that God did made for our uh enjoyment um food you know the the sky the breeze star, the breeze yeah ocean um, waves yeah yeah uh, like all of it everything that's named in oh how great thou art you know there you uh, go. <laughs> through the forest glades and field i wonder you know all, all those things it, 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 and you and then you go this is all gift yeah. and it's all wonderful <laughs> and then when you when you start to see marriage and sex as that yes and you go that then i it if we teach because i think this that, that was part of the question how do we teach our young boys and young girls yeah like this? yeah if we if we how start does it to, look different uh, teaching our young girls and our yeah, young girls? I, I, I i think there's a difference but i'm gonna piggyback on what you're saying i think it starts foundationally the same with both of them. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is where well, you're going. And that's yeah, that's that's it. Is that this is a gift that this is something God gave to humanity uh, yes. to be well, really, it, it, to be a participant in creation. Yeah, that's what because that's what comes from having sex, and to view it in that sense, and then to view it as at the proper time, God will mm -hmm. give you a spouse yeah. and trust in him amidst whatever's going on. And then you don't have to, sex isn't gross and isn't, you know, no. this, this, and sex isn't God. No. It is instead this gift and seeing back it that to way, what we said, right, of stewarding the gifts that we've it, been given exactly like we steward our sexuality because it's a mm -hmm. gift right we steward our marriage yep. because it's a gift we steward our family because they are a gift like everything if it is given as a gift by a good god whose glory is to reign supreme then we are to steward it yeah and steward it well right and to again realize with that as it is gift and as there's there's the stewarding implies that there's like somewhat of instruction to Correct. steward it. So that is where the law, God's plan, God's design, it, it, God's will is very good for mm -hmm. that. Yes. Uh, it what we were referring to earlier with the Pharisees and with whatever. That legalism is where the law gets misused on behalf of that. But God's law is always good. It's God's. He, he doesn't do anything bad. So realizing that that's a part of it in that stewardship, that this is actually for our good, that we do wait until we're married. But then when we are married, that this is the wonderful blessing you get to enjoy. Um, and I'll, I, I want to I'll throw this in here because... 
this is not what I learned growing up. It was only later when I became the LCMS, the conservative Luther. Um, Luther has the sixth commandment. We call it sixth commandment. Uh, you shall not commit adultery. And this is how he explains it. And I think in this, he hits on the good things and, and, and aspirations of what should have, what the purity culture was going after. But I also think that he, he, he doesn't make it a, if you don't do this, you're going to hell kind of thing. I, I, I mean, this, this is just simply, and it's, uh, you shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God. So that's where it starts with. So that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do. Or a chaste and decent life. Is the, mm -hmm. uh, and husband and wife love and honor each other. So Luther knows how great of a gift this is. Because he's including husband and wife love and honor each other. He's saying like that's a wonderful estate that God has created. But everything else that like in how we're carrying this out is fear and love God. So it is God gave it to us as a gift. God gave us instructions for it. Our responsibility as Christians, as those who have been reconciled to God, who no longer have the, the that are no, therefore, Romans 8, you know, therefore there, there are, there's, no there's now condemnation no condemnation for those, those who are, are in Christ to to realize that okay this is how God wants me to Correct. treat this sexually pure and decent life and so I, I and yeah that's a very at least in my mind and in my hearing is a very different approach than what this purity culture was was putting out yeah <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, it, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm just like having all these like memories, like kind of pour back into it. And it's like, yeah. I, <clears throat> I hope we can do better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. there is, <sighs> there's such a need in this world for the gospel at large. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, I mean, okay. It's the, well, it's the greatest let me thing put that on is my in captain, the world. Let me put on my Captain Obvious <laughs> costume. Right. I understand that, right? Right. But what I'm saying is, is there such a great need for the gospel at large mm -hmm. that we have done, I hope not irreparable damage yeah. to the bride of Christ because of the message that we put out, you yep. talk about going to a lock-in where they put tape on somebody's arm and say, oh, this tape doesn't stick anymore. Guess what? Jesus produces new tape. Yeah. The old has passed away and everything yeah. has become new. That should have been the message. Yeah. And what has happened is we have taken and oh, not we the purity culture at large, what it ultimately did was bastardize the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it created a lot of trauma. And I don't want to get on this like psychological trauma aspect, but there are people who were legitimately hurt by what went on in those yeah. situations. You talk about that lock-in, right? How many people hadn't been to a church before that night? And that was yeah. the message that they heard. Right. We don't know the answer to that. How many people went to camps 
and heard these lessons taught, which again, at their foundation and their intent, are not wrong or incorrect. The execution Oof. of them was mm -hmm. incorrect, horrifically no. incorrect. Yeah. And it, and it, like, again, I'm trying to, like, breathe a little bit because <laughs> it, it gets me so fired up. But I, yeah. I sit here and think, how much harder have we made the job of the church now to procl proclaim this gospel because right. of the legalism and pharisaical nature that we created yeah. so long ago? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's almost to the point where that damage was done. Again, I don't think anything is irreparable because I believe in a God who is the maker of new things. Yeah. But we made the mountain steeper. Yeah. Because all we became was a church that is known more, and I'm speaking probably more from the Baptistic standpoint and the, mm -hmm. the independent fundamental Baptist, which, again, lunatics on the Internet, most of them. But what we did was create this, here's what we're against, yeah. not here's what we're for. for. Right. Which is, like, God yeah. bless. Like, to a certain extent, I'm sitting here thinking, like, how could anybody think that this was a good idea to go, don't do this, instead of, here's why you do this? Yes. Well, and this goes... And this is the book you've brought up a couple times that, that I've read through several times, Law and Gospel. Yeah. And I th fundamentally, everyone – well, this gets to the, the whole thought of religion itself. There are – this is not in Law and Gospel, but this is a, 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 a Lutheran dogmatician. Um, so there are two types of religions in the world. There's a religion of grace and a religion of works. The religion of grace is obviously Christ, that Correct. grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. Um, but the religion of works is everything else. And the religion of works is our normal predisposition. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's the predisposition of every person. Because when they realize something is wrong, they think I have to make up for it in some way. Correct. Or if I don't want bad things to happen, I just have to, you know, do all these things correctly. And that's really what this purity culture sounds like is as, as long as we keep everything on the straight and narrow and keep everything, you know, spotless and whatever, then it will be good. Forgetting that that is all that is doing is taking taking the gospel out of Christianity and making and, it a, a, a religion of works. But but think about this, okay? And I'm not, like, just think of how narrow-minded that message is. Because I, I, and I don't know for a fact, but I would almost guarantee there were people who sat under that teaching. And I'm thinking specifically females. Again, getting into mm. maybe a hypothetical situation, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it for a second because I want to flesh this out about the damage that is potentially done. Mm -hmm. A female high school student sits under that teaching, commits to this legalistic, I'm going to keep myself pure because I don't want to be a damaged rose, essentially, as opposed to I'm going to keep myself pure because 
be holy because God is holy. And she ends up meeting a man who also was taught under this culture, who now essentially, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how this goes, but like he's ultimately not the man that was promised, right? Mm -hmm. The damage that is done in that sense is is massive because you have one a guy who was not trained properly to be a man yeah. that is now going to be in the position of leading and protecting a girl who was essentially looking for a knight in shining armor which is mm -hmm. kind of what the guys were promoted to be right right you need to wait for that night that you know da, 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 like which again gets into the whole like submission and misogynistic aspect of Whatever I, I yeah. don't know I'm I'm losing my I'm I'm losing it because I'm like I've got all these so things bounced around my head. Yeah. But at a certain point, like there's damage that's done because of an unfulfilled promise of something that was never guaranteed to begin with. Right. And yes. and that is problematic. Yes. Because we focus so much on you have to keep yourself pure instead of saying, hey, here's what a godly woman looks like. And oh, by the way, this is what you need to be if you want to be a man and you want to right. be a man of God. Yes. There, There's a very clear distinction. Yet both of them deal with the idea of staying pure, not so that you can share this intimacy with your wife, but because the God who calls you to be holy is holy. Mm -hmm. And it is his glory that we are chasing. It yep. is his glory that is our end. That should be... That, that has yeah. again. I know that like we can't relitigate the past in a lot of ways. We can't change mm -hmm. the past. Mm -hmm. We can only seek to do better now, which is why and I'm just going to throw it out yeah. there. Which is why Uncultured Dad exists, which is why this podcast exists, because it, like w essentially we are saying this will not persist any longer. Yeah, it can't. Yeah, and if you want to continue to persist, you will meet opposition. And to tie that to, because we, we, we kind of touched on it, but it's how do we respond to that and how do we bring our children up mm -hmm. to understand this well? Yes. And that is, uh, we've talked about this in, in, in other episodes too, but it is training our young boys to be, okay, here is what God expects of us as men to provide to protect to love to serve to train and to be willing to do that and not it, it, it doing that because that's that's the gift again that god has given you as a man this is here is your here's your role and it's to be ready to lead a woman Mm -hmm. To provide, protect, serve, love, tr train her, and then children that come after that. So, you know, understanding that and that sex will come with that as a part of the gift. And then to train our young women to say, you need to be looking for a man, not who is hung up on the, the legalism part of this, but who is going to be Christ to you yeah. um, and and going to be that one who provides, protects, loves, serves, trains, and, and recognizing that those are the actual qualities that matter. Because in all of that, no one's going to do all, all those things perfectly. There's forgiveness for it. 
So when you start to realize that, yeah, you're always going to marry a sinner, no matter what. No matter what. Then you start to realize, okay, well, Christ has paid for those sins. Mm -hmm. And Christ has made them new. Christ has made me new. And so this is the new creation that gets to go go forth. Uh, yeah, so th training our, our young people up in that, in the, in the godly roles, in the recognition that these are gifts, in the expectation, especially, I, and I think this, it, I, it, it, this also sounds like what's coming out from this, is that it was almost like, because you're talking about the, the modesty thing with the girls, almost like they didn't get a say. Like they didn't get to express and say, but wait a second, how, what should I be expecting of the men? Precisely. And, and yes. that is what we need to really cultivate in our, <sighs> our, our young ladies as there to was, say. There was no train. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, 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 it makes me like, it, it just, it, it just, it, it disappoints me mm -hmm. in so many ways because it was, you can't dress like that mm -hmm. because you are making him sin. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait a second. Hold on. What about his role in all of this? Like, yeah. there is a choice that he is making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a sinner. But, like, how much yeah. extra pressure did we put on girls right. to be modest? Again, be modest. But, but don't do it. Don't but, do it out of the sense of not making somebody lust. Do it out of the sense of glorifying God. Yeah. But then also how much, and you, you kind of alluded to this, how much damage, think about, so women are beautiful, just point blank. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I'm married to one, I know. So, but you, you think about if they're treating, you're, you're almost saying, body and the beauty that God gave you is wrong. Like that's what it sounds like. And how many, how many women from there went and, you know, just thought, what, what, what am I going to do with myself? First? Yeah. And, um, because and I may be the reason somebody else sins. Right. Like, and it's just like, guys, like whoever thought that was a good idea, it's like oh boys will be boys. Like can we stop that's, using yeah, that as an excuse? Exactly. exactly. Can and we please stop saying oh boys will be boys? So the girls yeah. got to cover up. No, freaking be self controlled for a second. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, if somebody is intentionally trying to like entice you and seduce you, guess what? Mm -hmm. Run the other way. Right. Like Joseph. And Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife. wife. Exactly. Like, for for just a moment, can we be sensible and like think yeah. about instead of hiding it, it, behind this like idea of like this is what the like yeah again right intention wrong execution because yeah. at the end of the day you miss the entire point of the Bible you yeah. miss the entire point that like literally everything every scripture that you wanted to use for purity culture pointed to the cross of jesus christ which says right. guess what your sins have been conquered your death has been defeated and i am giving you new life mm -hmm. 
Like, how? Yeah. How that was missed <laughs> is like. But it, <laughs> well, like, it, it, I mean, we, and, and this is, I mean. But it, but but also it became, and and you can even hear you go look at some of these preachers now that still perpetuate this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes about their self pride. Oh, mm-hmm. I resisted this. I was able to stand yes. against this, and it's like no no no. Wait a second, you weren't on your own. So why don't we give credit where credit is due to yeah. the only person that deserves the glory, the honor, forever? Mm-hmm. Amen. You know why? Because he's able to do abundantly more than we could ever ask or think because he is the God that created us, including our desires, and has redeemed yeah. our sinful nature. You can't stand on your own, but yet yeah. we want to prop ourselves up. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, man. And, yeah. The, <laughs> Sorry, I just went, I just lost it no, for a that's, second. That's, that's, that's <sighs> too that's much okay. coffee. I'm like ready yeah. to go. <laughs> no, and, and that is, again, the... Normal, the religious man, the 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 disposition of our mind and our religious understanding is, I've got to work to do something. Correct. And then what that ends up doing is, and this is the this is the the this is what the uh, legalism will end up doing. I become so prideful. That I don't need God. I've I've got it all figured out. You know, that's the Pharisees, or it becomes despairing, and that's yeah. the side where I screwed this up. I had sex before I got married. I I looked at pornography. I'm like damaged rose. I'm yeah, and how, nobody would want me. No, exactly. And both of those, the answer is the one who fulfilled. I'll put my arms back out because that makes it look more. The one who fulfilled all the law perfectly for you, satisfied it on your behalf, and the one who has bled and died on your behalf to win you and to say, your sins are atoned for, you're mine, and I am going to make you even more beautiful than you could possibly imagine. And But if you're, if you're stuck in those legalistic mindsets, those are the only, only two places you can go. But the answer is, is the pride one, or despair. Is pride or despair exactly? But the, the gospel answer says is Christ. Correct. Yeah. That's the only place to end. There's no yeah. uh, nothing else that needs to be said. Purity culture created damage, but let me remind you that there is no damage that is irreparable because of the cross of Jesus Christ. This has been the Two Chaps Pod. Hopefully. There's been encouragement that has come from this. We would love to have a conversation. Maybe you've been damaged by it. Reach out to us because we are two people who love Jesus and will care for you. Because at the end of the day, the gospel is what should have been taught. And from my position, I apologize that it wasn't. You can check us out on YouTube. You can check us out on Spotify and Apple. I'm not giving you the full rundown because the cross is what needs to take center stage tonight. So for the Two Chaps Pod, we will see you next week, and stay uncultured. (laughs) I thought you were going to come through the screen. Oh my gosh. I was about, like, I can't tell you. I...
I know I need more grace in my life and probably need to show more grace in my life. But, and I, I know, I know, I know for a fact that I make people uncomfortable, specifically in my settings, because there's a lot of sugarcoating that goes on around mm -hmm. my circles. Nobody wants to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Even if they know they're wrong, they're like, oh, well, I maybe. I, and I'm just like, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I don't use that language, but, but at the same time, I'm like, like, I don't know. This is just my style. You know me. You've heard me teach. Right. I am not formal. I am not formal when I teach. And when I was teaching on biblical masculinity to our young adults at church, like I use I use Guest Don from Beauty and the Beast as a reference because of that song that he sings, which is just yeah. like horrific masculinity. <laughs> right. And I literally said the phrase like somebody needed to punch Guest Don in the throat. And in yeah. my circles, that doesn't get said very often, yeah. but I believe it, and I'm like I want to be the guy that punches him in the throat because. Sometimes people just need to be punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. without the kid gloves on. And and yeah. too often, like, I don't know why in churches we have <laughs> essentially become so soft that yeah. we're like, I can't say anything that is offensive. Yeah. But like legitimately, Peter and Paul squared off over an issue that they disagreed on. Martin Luther was very clear that marriage is a good thing, but there are rascals and knaves that inhabit marriage. <laughs> right. Like, that's a punch in the face. Yeah. Like, kid, yeah, there needs to be grace extended, and I'm always willing to extend grace and forgiveness. But, man, oh, man, I, I, yeah. I, I think about this topic, and I just can't help but be like, if I met some of those guys nowadays, mm -hmm. and we got into a discussion— I, I can't help but think that I would not be confrontational. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, do you understand the damage that you created? Yeah. Well, I mean, but the letter to the Galatians, Paul's letter to the Galatians, I mean, that's literally how he comes out is no no kind opening remarks. You know, I thank, thank God and my members of prayers of you or whatever. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? <laughs> and I mean, it is just it's just flat, like running them through the ringer and there is it's a, like there is you a... said one time and i'm gonna cut you off because it, <laughs> it, it and i have repeated this to my men every time we open the word of god it should be like a mirror that is convicting our soul exactly, exactly. and yet we have forgotten that yes we don't know how to deal with conviction anymore yep. because we've become so soft and so afraid to offend like yep. last week and I'll let you finish your thought, but like last week we were talking about love the brotherhood, honor the king. And I legitimately was like, um, let's be honest, like we're not really good at that because mm -hmm. we have political identities. And this is not a political discussion because I will not allow politics in my Bible study. It just is not mm – -hmm. the Bible should inform our politics 100%. Yeah. But where politics and the Bible do not line up, guess what wins every time? And if it doesn't win, you are wrong. Well, yep. 
And I told him, I said, you're supposed to honor the governor. You're supposed to honor the president, even if they are not the same party as you. <laughs> yeah. And some of the faces were like unhappy. Yeah. And I literally said, let me stop for a second and just say, whenever we open the word of God, it should be like a mirror that convicts our soul. Mm-hmm. And if you feel it, twinge of anger or a gut feeling right now that's the holy spirit convicting you yep don't don't shy away from that right and that is that whole book law and gospel that's what walter gets at is that this is what this is what the law of god does yes and and yeah you're 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 right we have become desensitized well, desensitized, but Christianity has become about being nice, yeah, and being acceptable, and I and not even not even like the um, like acceptable, tolerant, like the liberal, correct, progressive. But I'm saying like non-offensive, non. Yeah, we are so afraid we're going to lose members. We're, we're so afraid that this is you know everything's going to collapse. Versus going, wait a second, God has given us His word. God has said, has called us to faithfulness and to holiness. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to, you're saying not following God's word, not being upfront about what sin is, what is, what has been instructed to us. You're, you're going to ditch that to be nice. To and, retain butts and seats. To, right. It's like, I really want to know how, you know, the, the Christians in the Colosseum felt about that. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I, that's one, one of the reasons why I have appreciated Matt Chandler over the years mm-hmm. um, is because like I, I attended his church when I lived in Texas for a while. And then we had, we had a little trouble plugging into community, just the way that they did community. So we went to a different church, but there were times he'd get up on Sunday morning and he would literally start the sermon, not with like you foolish Galatians, but he would go, <laughs> this one's going to create space next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, that's refreshing to hear because like at yeah. the end of the day, how can you well, preach about the promises of God yet fail to trust the promises yeah. of God? Well, and that was, I don't remember if it was Spurgeon or Chesterton who said, you know, the word of God is a lion. Why would you want to cage it? Let it yeah. out and let it be the lion it is. And and, and it's, 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 it's it's something to, such it's a something good quote, that. man. But it's like it's but that's what it is. When we try to be nice, when we try to not be offensive, we're caging the lion. And versus just saying because the other thing is that and, and you would admit to this. I and, think it's Spurgeon, I, but I'm it, listening. And yeah. and. And the same for me is that that word of God has the same effect on us. It's like, yeah, we're preaching it and we're teaching it and it's going to have that effect on the people out there. But it's not like we just said, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm immune to this. No, it shows me my sin as well. And it shows me the 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 failures that I have in my own life and just the in the helplessness that I have against some of these things that are in the world. And it makes me cry out. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. 
And that's exactly that's exactly what it's supposed to do is to drive you to the point where you go, I've got nothing. I've screwed all this up. But you, Jesus, you've done it all for me. Thank you. And then, you know, and, and that's the, that's the new life every day happening. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and part of that is the denying of self picking right. up our cross daily and following yeah. him, right? Like the denial of self is, I know it's getting late. Yeah. I'll let you go. Cause you got to work tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's, it's, I just, I just wish for so long we didn't let people just get away with things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. We kind of talked about it last week about like the pastor being the smartest person in their community a while ago. And, you know, that really hasn't become the truth. And now it's like we have people who are perpetuating teachings that sound good but really are just ear ticklers. But the congregations aren't smart enough to test the doctrine. They're not smart enough to test the spirits as as – um, I think it's Timothy, like Paul wrote to Timothy, right? Like test doctrine. Yep. And, and, and so they build this following and this kind of small little kingdom. And then, I mean, we've seen it politically over the last however many years too, right? Like yeah. it's, I just, I, I wish I had a megaphone. <laughs> the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend the lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion will defend itself is what Spurgeon said. Spurgeon there. There you yeah. go. So, but yeah, I think that's a good place to end those on Spotify. Apple, thank you for listening. Make sure you've shared this and like and subscribe. Trust the gospel. That's all that matters. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod. And until then, stay uncultured.